This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. How good does it feel to say that? I'm Terence Ford and I'm with Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff and we're going to be building you up to our trip, our long-awaited trip, to the Cherries and Bournemouth, managed by that PE teacher, Eddie Howe. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, we're back. Um, it, it feels good. It feels weird that we're not going to be at the games or anything like that, but it's a start and we've started watching them on TV and um, I'll start with you, Heskiff. Controversy straight off the bat in the first game. Yeah, the uh, the Sheffield United goal that wasn't given, even though it was about three balls over the line um, and the watch wasn't working, apparently. So mm. it's a great start. Um, and, and I think, like you said, if if it comes down to Villa staying up and Sheffield United not getting into Europe because of that, we're going to hear uh, a lot more of it, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. The team that goes down instead of Villa, if it's by a point, and um, if Sheffield, you know, Sheffield United, Albert, if you remember, they have history for suing the Premier League over the Carlos Tevez thing. Yeah, that that, that feels like twenty years ago. It might it might actually be twenty years ago. Um, it could. It is must be approaching close to that. My uh, goodness, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we've all been in lockdown. We've all let things slip. You know, the battery might have gone on the watch. My dishwasher's been asking me for inside for about three weeks, but you know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, the Hawkeye have come out with some excuse about there was basically too many people there, and in nine thousand games that Hawkeye has been working on it hasn't happened before uh, but I mean how it's, it's more how VAR hasn't picked it up after how they haven't had a discussion and just allowed Villa uh, Villa haven't allowed um, Sheffield United to just walk the ball into the net or something like that you know they all knew it was a goal everyone knew it was a goal very very quickly so there's got to be somewhere they could have resolved what it what do they but... mean there was too many people there well, it's an it... empty stadium 
<laughs> yeah, well, it's the crowding at the back post they're referring to with kind of there was oh, two players, there was hands blocking cameras apparently, and all sorts of things. So it was a very, it was very bizarre. But it's crazy that you know it's the second time a goalkeeper's thrown the ball into the net for Sheffield United this season. Um, we were, <laughs> can't remember the other one. Yeah, <laughs> it escapes me. Right, um, beer check. I know, I know Heskiff's already a couple of beers deep, which is a lot for him. So what are you drinking? Uh, Albert will be very happy to hear I'm two Budweiser's down. Uh, nice. For context, we um, did want to start recording around half eight today. It's currently 20 past 10. Um, so the beer went down very quickly and nothing was recorded in the interim. <laughs> yes, um, it's, there's been a lot of technical difficulties um, for this. Uh, teething problems for the restart of the season, but we got there in the end. Albert, what about you? Uh, well, in a complete role reversal, uh, I mean, I, I'm not now, it's run dry. It was, uh, I was drinking a Pacifico. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is what? It's a new me. It's a Mexican beer. Well, you did say that you had been out for a jog before the show, so. Not a jog, mate, a run. Come or, on. Or, or, or it might be yogging with a soft j yeah (laughs) definitely definitely a soft j in there somewhere uh yeah bottle of beer after a run it's great guilt-free are you finding it a struggle social distancing from troy dini (laughs) no no comment whatsoever it took us four minutes to get onto a first watford joke mate just just chill out um this week i've got um Bought for me by my friend Nick from Tiny Rebel. This is called <laughs> Dodge, Dip, Duck, Dive, and Dolce. It's a Dolce de Leche Churros Pasty Stout. Oh, you're t- honestly, <laughs> it's like like a, a new age Jeremy Beadle. Surely you're having a time. This is a le- Tiny this Rebel. Is, this is eleven percent as well. And considering it's already half 10, I've got work tomorrow. This is probably a bad idea, but let me have a taste. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nice, is it? No, I'm just not into stouts at all. And that is... Pasty, did you say? Pasty stout. Pastry. Churros churros pastry stout. Dolce de leche. Dolce de leche is like that toffee sauce. Yeah. yeah, on churros. You know in a ch- drink. Yeah, and it tastes nothing. Isn't that, like, just, a Mars, isn't that just a Mars milkshake? <laughs> 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 I wish this tastes like a Mars milkshake. Mm. No, nope, it didn't get any better you know, on the you know, you, know, you know in The Apprentice when they have to go and like they go to like a food factory and they have to come up with a new flavour of something? <laughs> this is like, That sounds like something that they'd come up with on a beer task. <laughs> Well, maybe they did. I don't know. I'm kind of. I've never heard. I've never heard of a churros dolce leche beer before. No, for a good reason. (laughs) Um, Let's see if it's got any sort of blurb on it about where it came from. Nope, nothing on there. That's that's all you've got. The name of it was long enough. There's probably no no room left for any (laughs) blurb on the can. Right, and that's enough of the beer. Let's let's get into talking about some things. Right, what have we got? We've got, well, I've got the um, the book that's recently been released by Chris Lehman, which is the is that the program, which is 
honest tales from a Crystal Palace fanzine editor from the guy that created and wrote one more point, if you remember that. I mean, Heskiff, I'm sure um, that was from when you first started going Palace, that was rife. Yes, I have a few copies somewhere. Uh, I I don't know where they are since I moved out, but they're knocking about. Um, and yeah, the, is that the programme? was something that you and I got a lot when we were selling our magazine the next day. Yes. Uh, definitely a book that I want to I want to pick up at some point. Yeah, I'm going to try and get through it over the next week and um, give it a little bit of a review next week. Uh, Albert, any memories of One More Point? My only memory of One More Point is um, them introducing Where Sido <laughs> to the to the to the masses. Yeah, upon flicking Lev. yeah upon flicking through the book, I did see a picture of Sido um in there somewhere yeah there it is it just says underneath programs um so yeah there's a bit a bit in there about good old sido who or the late sido as i guess we'll have to refer to him as but yeah, fair play to one more point i actually me and my brother and my dad did actually play where sido for about four years at every home game so mm. yeah, well, yeah absolutely sido sido one nil <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, so that's available from uh, the internet. <laughs> I think I bought it from Amazon. I think I bought it from Amazon. But uh, if you just go to one more point on Twitter, you'll be you'll find it there. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's a great read. But as I say, we'll give you more details on that next week. Um, where's next? We'll, we'll talk about Palace players as ladies, which is something that's happened on Twitter over the over the time we've been away, and it's particularly tickled your fancy, Albert. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you would let Jordan I you tickle your fancy. You know, in all honesty, you know, we're talking amongst friends. There wasn't many there that you know I'd rule out, to be honest. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, basically, someone has kind of just converted palace players into ladies and um i don't know about you heskiff but i thought gyro was a bit of a fox oh i'm team team are you i'm afraid <laughs> team yeah, I'm, I'm team are you regardless whether he's got long hair or short i i love jordan i feel like they didn't even change wilf's face they just put long hair on him <laughs> andros was cute yeah there was a couple i couldn't even work out who they were as well I hope there was a probably for the I hope best for the Wayne Hennessy one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway, if you haven't done that, you can seek that out. Um, just search in the Twitter search "Palace Players as Ladies" and it will come up, and you can see why we're all giggling. Uh, just getting to some more serious stuff, I guess. Uh, there's um, Marcus Rashford as showing how footballers can use their platform over the break. And Albert, he's re- made the government res- reverse a decision on um, school meals, free school meals. Yeah, amazing work by Marcus Rashford. And um, I can't think who it was. It might even have been Piers Morgan or someone, you know, said Sports Personality of the Year has just mm. become, a you know, a very one-sided competition. And, you know, you know, if you cast your mind back to, what, 10, 12 weeks ago, you had... You had uh, certain high-profile figures, you know, including many people in the government sort of saying, you know, Premier League footballers need to step up and do their bit and take pay cuts and all sort. And, you know, yes, the, the money they earn is very good, but, you know, why is it on, why is it on, you know, footballers to solve the world's ills? Mm. Um, you know, especially being asked to by a 
you know people in real real power shall we say um you know so absolute fair fucks to marcus rashford for taking that on um and kind of sticking it up and really um and 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 doing it with such a level of you know just like understanding and class and and humility and you know just just talking so well and you know it's all the power to him really and you know I don't know when I'm next going to be in the same stadium as Marcus Rashford, but, you know, there's definitely a stand innovation to be had, you know, team allegiances put to one side. Yeah, I must say I'm still delighted he missed the penalty against us at Old Trafford this season. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We can, we can, we can still, listen, I don't, I don't want to gift him a goal, you know. <laughs> I've got a follow-up question for you, Albert. How would you feel if it was Jesse Lingard who had done this? Exactly the same, to be honest. <laughs> All right, then. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to Heskiff. It's funny that you just mentioned Jesse Lingard because I was trying to remember all the players that I hate in football. It's very <laughs> I, was, I was talking to, to my wife over dinner about it, the exciting conversations we have. Was she, was she having a Pop-Tart for dinner, was it? Pop-Tart was her dessert, mate. All right. <laughs> uh and I, I was like, there's one more, and I can't remember who it is. Like, Deli Alley's on there, Lewis Dunk, obviously. And then she was just naming all these players that I don't like. It was Jesse Lingard. How have I forgotten how much I hate Jesse Lingard? Vanessa just listing off, like, 70 players. Yeah, don't like yeah. him. Don't. Like, well, there's, there's loads on every team that you hate. And I was like, well, yes, but, I mean, let's try and narrow it down. Papi Cissé. Papi Cissé, yeah. Don't like him for that nonsense during the 5-1. Uh, Grant Ledbetter is my one of mine. Hate yeah, Grant Ledbetter. What's the name of the Lee Catamole? He's up Lee Catamole. Yeah, he's he's there. Um, um, I saw him cry at Wembley um, last season. Kevin um, Kyle. So yeah, I'd rather talk about like the great work by Marcus Rashford with how much I hate Jesse Lingard, but I stand by both statements. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a whole list. Maybe we could do a podcast one day, just talking about all the players we hate and for what <laughs> various reasons we hate them. It's going to be a bummer uh, that one. Yeah, um, sort of extending on from that is obviously we've got all the stuff going on with Black Lives Matter at the moment, and the Crystal Palace kit that we'll be wearing against Bournemouth was released today in pictures. Um, got Black Lives Matter where the name of the players would be, which is going to be the opening weekend of the Premier League season for all teams. Um, got Black Lives Matter written on the sleeve and it's got a little NHS heart in the middle of the shirt as well. Um, first of all, Albert, aesthetically it looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a real, um, we're, you know, we're in luck that, you know, it, it goes with our colour scheme. The NHS logo front and centre. It looked a bit weird on the Arsenal kit tonight, mm. um, but again, just you know, just as a message, you know, the the NHS heart and the Black Lives Matter. You know, it's an it's an important message that you know needs to be put out there. And yeah, there'll be people that don't like it or will have something to say about it. Um, you know, which don't necessarily have to go into now. But I think you know, anyone that denies that, you know, that's a that's a good good message to get out. You know. Is going to be um, find an issue with it, but you know it's a great you know league wide initiative, and all the players taking the knee today. You know it's something that does need to be you know raised, and you know similar uh, you know Marcus Rashford uses used his platform to help you know kids 
who might have been going hungry this you know this summer i think you know the premier league across the board needs to do something to you know to raise that awareness and and get people thinking because it you know something does need to change um, mm-hmm. and you know the more you, you look at look at the reaction to you know Colin Kaepernick in the in the NFL and how he was berated and you know and kind of left isolated really i mean the fact that mm. the, the whole premier league's doing it you know it's a real it's a real sort of sign of solidarity and um and i think a club like us given where we are geographically and the sort of you know the the cultural mix around south london and the club you know we we have to be leading that and you know fair play fair play to everyone involved yeah um there's critics have said you know the premier league have done a lot of this in the past um you know kick racism kick it out and all of that stuff that you know andros townsend's dad's involved in but um Heskiv, there's something that feels a little bit different about it this time that you know it, it might actually be there for the long haul yeah i think so like like albert said it 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 being a league-wide initiative, I know they've done similar things, but it doesn't feel like it's been quite as comprehensive as it has been this week. And, you know, the, the start of the Villa-Sheffield United game, where they all took a knee and it wasn't something I didn't know was happening. Um, and I feel like one of the commentators didn't either because he sort of was stopped a bit short. Hmm. It's making an impact, you know. And like you say, it's not it's not just about doing it once or doing it for one week. It's something that has to continue. Um, and I think it's a, an important initiative, um, and, and it, like yeah, it needs to continue and, ha- and and get the weight of support that it has already behind it um, in the long term, rather than just you know for this week. Yeah, certainly, certainly does, and um, yeah, I'm glad that we've been sort of at the forefront of a lot of good initiatives and stuff that's been going on over the break since um, COVID nineteen took hold, and this has kind of led to. Steve Parrish will be on question time tomorrow, Albert. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know what questions he's going to get regards to, you know, his field of expertise. Oh, we're going to sign a fucking striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a question coming in from a Mr. Heskiff, an abject on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, what, what? I don't know if I'm just sort of blindly ignorant, but why is it only our chairman that feel the need to get involved in stuff like that? And ex-chairman, I add to that as well. Like, yeah. Well, he got uh, a he's he's been had his praises sung by Gary Neville this week, as you know, Gary Neville saw his speech as the turning point towards why games are back underway, and you know how clubs need to look at things and the responsibilities they have, and. They, he said that he's basically the forerunner all of, of everything good that's ended up coming out of this and, um, you know, wishes there was more people with more balls like him and stuff like that. So I'm assuming that's where it's come around from. But um, Yeah, um, again, I think, you know, all the stuff we were doing with the providing NHS meals, you know, and all the, the club's facilities being available to that stuff, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that say, you know, football should be a, a, a politics-free zone. But, you know, there, there, there's certain issues which, you know, I'll, I'll include the, the COVID pandemic and I'll include Black Lives Matter in that. It's not, you know, it's not a political, they're not political issues. I know there's political edges and facets to those issues, but at the end of the day, they're, 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 they're just straight up, you know, humanitarian issues and... Yeah. And any, whether it's Marcus Rashford, whether it's, you know, a football club as a, as a unit or whether it's a league as a whole, you know, any any sort of platform that can be utilised to, 
to create, you know, to help and create good and, and try and make a change. You know, I'm all for it. And, um, you know, and whilst I'm being a bit cynical about Parish going on question time, you know, he's, he's got a platform, you know, he's, he's in a position of power and responsibility and, you know, you can, you can choose to shut up and say nothing about certain things, or you can, you can step up and, and make your voice heard, hopefully for, you know, for a good cause. So, you know, again, you've got to give, you've got to give it to him a bit, you know, fair enough. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, he, he tends to do well when those kind of situations, he's quite a good public speaker. He, I've, I've never really seen him come across badly uh, when he's doing public speaking. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll do us proud in that sense on there. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, it'll be me tuning into question time for the first time in a long time. That's for sure. So um, yeah, we'll see where we go from there. Um... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Heskiff, you touched there on uh, <laughs> are we going to sign a striker? There's been a few transfer rumours flying around. Any just taking your interest? Um, well, I'm hoping that the Nathan Ferguson one still holds true. Um, it sounds like from, from a few people that it's basically a done deal. Um, I know that we were going to sign him and then you know wanted him to get surgery on an injury, which is quite a palacy thing to do, isn't it? Just as you're... <laughs> You know, you're nailed on transfer, then isn't nailed on anymore. Um, so I'm hoping he comes in because at 19 and, for, you know, for, for little or no money, he's seems to be a great signing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to the same sort of the same sort of thing where we know we need to improve and we've needed to improve in certain areas for a little while. And when I say a little while, I mean like three years. <laughs> uh, and, and we just don't seem to, we don't really seem to, get it over the line but now I mean obviously it's a bit weird because of the lockdown stuff but we've had a lot of time now to sit down and talk about it and it's a bit worrying that Roy was like oh now that we're all back together we can have a chat about transfers um because I would have hoped that that would be done now but um yeah like in terms of names I've seen a few dotted about like Ian Acho um and some young defender from Offam but you know, pitcher sort of stuff in it at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, I've heard Iniacho is um, bollocks. Really, that's not that's not going to happen. But um, apparently, there are four separate youngsters lined up, like younger signings to bring the squad down to age that um, I think they've already sat down and talked about. But so it'll be interesting to see if that comes off. But um, I suppose we'll start getting leading into talking about Bournemouth and there's obviously been a lot of um, pictures of young players training with the first team. 
And Albert, the cynic in me, <laughs> is saying, oh, you know, this is a chance, obviously, get the get the young players on the field. Uh, they'll be like new signings and we, we save a few quid in the summer. Uh, you old cynic, you. Uh, I mean, you know, there might be an element of truth in it. You know, we, you know, Juan Bissaka feels like a lifetime ago, you know. Um mm. And that again, you know, it took it took a real injury ravaged squad for him to get anywhere near the first team. And you know, thank goodness he did. You know, it didn't last long, but he was kind of, you know, everyone, everybody always talked about you know Wilf being the sort of the shining light from the academy, and he was the one to aim for. But we'd kind of been saying that for quite a few years with no one else seeming to get anywhere near knocking on the door, and then Wampasaka did what he did and and hopefully that's sort of given you know given those those kids coming through a bit more of a you know a bit more of a, a drive to you know to try and push push the issue but um yeah i mean we're obviously we're in a we're in a fairly decent position in the league you know we're by no means 100% safe and we've you know we do have a tough running so i don't expect it to be you know the three or four of the young prospects starting every game but you know they've they've got to be hoping to get the odd 10, 15 minutes at the end of the game here and there, especially if it's a game that we look set to you know, get something out of. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things you, you, you hope, you hope we do it. You hope it goes well because then, you know, they reap the benefits, we reap the benefits and yeah, maybe, maybe we don't have to go out and spend, a, you know, a, such a significant sum of money in the summer. Um, but only only time will tell, really. But you know, we all like seeing a an exciting prospect come through and make a name for themselves. It's what sort of football's about. Yeah, especially when getting towards the end of the season, and we'll probably end up having a lot of dead rubbers, as it were, based on you know the quality of opposition we've got. We're we're probably going to finish around about where we are now, I would imagine. Um, of course, if we start beating a couple of those teams, we'll climb the table and maybe. You know, the lure of Europe might see us continue with our main first team. But um, yeah, we're hovering around mid-table. I think this is the perfect time to bed those youngsters in. You know, you don't have the high pressure of the crowds being there. And, you know, it, it, it gives them a good pathway in to just have a nice relax. You know, here's, here's real first team Premier League action, but not with the added intensity of, you know, 60,000 fans or whatever watching watching you play. Um and Heskiff, if you can get some of these players on the field as well, it aligns nicely with the announcement that our academy plans have been approved and that Category 1 status is not far away now. Yeah, which is great news. Um, I was fully expecting us to start work removing goals and doing certain things. I'm like tearing bits out only for the council to say, actually, guys, we're not having it. So for them to actually come through and say, yep, carry on, uh, is great. Um, it's something obviously the club have wanted to do for ages now that's been pushed, you know, even early on in 2010's uh, time when we had posters of Scannell and, and Klein and that up on billboards around Streatham and Croydon and places. So it's great that it's sort of coming to fruition. And I think if we are able to put some youngsters on, you know, I'm thinking Brandon Pierrick, uh, maybe Mitchell at fullback. It's a it's a good sort of it's a good sort of like underlining what we're trying to achieve, um, whilst we're building the academy up. 
whether that will happen, whether Roy will do it, um, I don't know. He he said that he said that it might happen, and I think if you look at the sort of the calendar of games where we're playing every three or four days, whatever it is, we're going to have to move move the eleven around a lot more than we've been used to because otherwise, three or four games in, that all of our players will like be unable to stand up. Yeah, um, there's no way MacArthur and Kiate, for example, can put in those shifts every couple of days, is there? Exactly. And, and you know, when we're playing the bigger clubs, which we are doing quite a bit, we're going to have to do a lot of running and be, and be you know, be, be on it and keep our shape and, and be really sort of high energy. So I don't think you can just, like you say, you can't play those midfielders game after game after game. Um, so mixing up a bit and maybe putting Pierrick in for a game and... Um, like you say, not having crowds there and might ease the pressure a bit on on a defender who comes in, where if they make a mistake, you haven't got people sort of groaning or or being apprehensive. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he does because it's a little bit against what Roy's been about, but I think his hand is forced a bit with this sort of concentrated run of games. So I'll be interested to see what he does, yeah. Yeah, we'll all be interested to see what he does in that sense, but also in the sense, Albert, of this new five substitutes rule. Um, he's not been one to turn to the bench, but again, for reasons aforementioned, we're going to have to look to the bench quite a lot in these games. Um, how do you think he's going to get on with five subs? I'm not sure he's going to know what's going on, to be honest. A bit like, you remember when when Chung Young Lee said, you know, Pardew didn't know how many subs he'd made. You know, I think I think Roy's probably probably worse, to be honest. I think that's what, I think that's why he doesn't make any just so he can't get caught out. So if I don't make any, then no one can have a go at me. But yeah, five. and is it is it five? You can make five, five across three. Yeah, so you, you can have three substitution periods and you have to make all five within those three substitution periods. So it was an interesting one in the Arsenal game today where they had two players injured in the first half who had to be replaced against Arsenal, against Man City, I'm talking about. Um so Great performance from David Louise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyone who didn't see it. Yeah, the sides show Bob at his best. But yeah, so that meant they had three subs left, but they had to be made in one go. Right. Because gotcha. they'd already made two single subs. So um yeah, triple substitution came late, which is ironically a triple is the same amount of goals that Man City scored against them. So which is obviously great for us because you know we're in and around Arsenal and um you know, the optimists amongst us need to be looking up the table and trying to, you know, get into that top half, hopefully. And um, who knows, Sheffield United didn't pick up any point or only picked up one point today, um, criminally, as we just talked. And, you know, they're up they're up in fifth or sixth or whatever, and they're not too far ahead of us either, Heskiff. Yeah, I was just thinking, how gutted do you reckon Max Meyer is going to be when Roy actually does make five subs and he's not one of them? <laughs> Well, I mean, you've got to imagine Max is going to be getting a lot more game time again. They can't, um, we can't go with that same midfield three constantly. It's just not, it's not going to work. And with Schlupp getting injured as well, um, yeah, you you can only imagine that he's going to get a lot more minutes across the last nine games of the season or whatever it is. Um, But I mean, it remains to be seen. I mean, all we have to go on at the moment is what sort of form are we in? We lost 2-1 to West Ham in a pre-season, well, um, what do you call it? Um, Pre-COVID restart, <laughs> um, season friendly, I don't know. Um, but Ben Teke scored in that game. Um, 
at the London Stadium. So, Albert, could this break have done him the world of good, allow him to get fit? Maybe, you know, it was, it was performances were looking all right towards, you know, the period before the uh, season shut down. So is this going to be the return of Enteke this time? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I do hope so. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit miffed that we gave West Ham the opportunity to beat us <laughs> this season. It was quite nice just to bask in all that Jordan Ayew magic. Um, but yeah, listen, I was I was very positive on Benteke before before it all went belly up for everybody. Um, he was looking good, you know the the. Uh, the RU goal against Brighton popped up the other day and, mm. you know, Christian Benteke's part in that goal is sublime. Um, and I really felt that, you know, okay, he, he, he wasn't having bags of chances, um, but his, his role, he'd sort of fallen into that almost Shamak role. You know, it was, it was what he was doing all round for the team that mm. really impressed me. Um, and you know you hope that that's the sort of work that gets rewarded with a with a goal um and then that starts coming into his game as well but yeah i think he's he's always he's never looked he's never looked fully fit um he's never looked fully fit since that last injury mm. so i think the you know if they if they've managed to keep him keep his fitness in you know relatively decent and you know we can just start getting in more games because the games are going to come thick and fast so you know, I'm 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 hopeful. Him and Ayu looked 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 at a decent sort of prospect of linking up shortly before the uh, the shutdown. Yeah, and I mean, what you got to love about Benteke is he offers you different options within the same striker, so he can come short, collect the ball at his feet with his back to goal, and cycle it out to the wingers. Or if things get a little bit more desperate, you can pump it long to him, and he wins pretty much everything in the air. And you've got pacey players in and around him, so. You know, again, I think we've said this a hundred times. Um, a fit and firing Benteke, you know, get gets back to first season Benteke, and we're laughing. We've got you know a proven Premier League goal scorer up front. If only you can rediscover that form. Um, looking towards Bournemouth, it's, I mean, it's really hard to know, but they were struggling before the break. And um, Heskiv, is it a bit unfortunate that this fixture's fallen this side of the break because it would have you know they were in poor form and desperate desperate times for them I mean it is still desperate times for them but you know they they might have been able to recoup themselves over this break yeah it's really frustrating especially because I think we were in really good form as well we'd won the last three games one nil hadn't we and we looked very good at the back and you know even though it was only one goal in each game I felt like we we made quite a lot of chances so a combination of us being really good and them them struggling, even I would have thought we'd have a very good chance of beating them. Um, but now it's just impossible to know what's going to happen, how people are going to come back. Obviously not as impossible. What, what's not impossible is to know that David Luiz is going to be shit. That sort of thing is easy to know. But how we're going to react, how what our fitness levels are going to be like, what their fitness levels are going to be like, um, it's just it's just really really hard to sort of sort of imagine how every team is going to react and what that means in each game. Um, I think probably this, in the sort of third and fourth round of games, it'll be back to normal probably. But yeah, it's frustrating that it's come after lockdown rather than just before it because we were on a roll and I I, I really think that they would have struggled to 
to get a result against us. Whereas now it's sort of tossed for coin. I've got, you know, no idea how we're going to turn up. And I've certainly got no idea how they're going to turn up beyond, I think Ryan Fraser won't play because he's, he's off. Yeah. Maybe, maybe to us, who knows? Um, But um, one thing that might fall in our favor, Albert, is that, you know, we're away from home and if the Bundesliga is anything to go by, um, home home advantage appears to have gone out the window as there's there's been a lot more away wins in the Bundesliga than there has been home wins. So could you see that trend continuing in the Premier League? Certainly for us, because we're always better away from home. So uh, hopefully that boosts our favour. Um, it's Yeah, it's weird. You sort of, you know, I've, I've caught a bit of the Bundesliga uh, when it first came back and found it all a bit sort of very strange, you know, just very sterile and, you know, you can hear the people having a chat on the side of the pitch. Watching the uh, City-Arsenal game tonight, you know, there's the there's the noise being piped through, which is quite deceptive, you know, when, when you're only sort of half keeping an eye on it. Um, must be odd for the players playing in those conditions. It's, it's very, very strange. But, yeah, it, it kind of levels the playing field a bit more. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Bournemouth's hardly a, you know, a fortress. Um, and like you say, they've been, they've been, very, very, very average this season. So, who's to say we can't go there and and get it off to a flyer? Um, it's on BBC, man. I mean, that's the most exciting thing about it. Yeah. So, two, two, Steve Parish and Palace on the BBC, all within a few days of each other. <laughs> um, Hesk, if you've referred there to three one nil wins in a row, I, I was trying to just flick through for the stat. I can't find it. I can't remember it. I, I don't think we've ever won four league games in a row one nil in the entire history of the club. <laughs> if I if I remember rightly, we'd only ever done it three on a couple of three times on a couple of occasions. So um, another one nil another one nil victory will be making history. Brilliant. I mean, that's on my level of Palace nerdery, I must admit, but. Um... 1-0 is quite, I mean, under Roy, I think 1-0 is a pretty standard victory scoreline for us, isn't it? You know, we'll probably have loads of chances and might score one and our defence looks all right. So um, I'll definitely take a historic record-breaking 1-0 win. Yeah, well, those 1-0 wins have come about basically, I think, in the sense of you know having an outstanding goalkeeper in goal. And probably adding Cahill to the mix as well in terms of we've just, you know, we 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 can hold on to that one nil now where, you know, not pointing any fingers at the old goalkeeper, but maybe I'm a little bit, but you know, he just he was rare he rarely made that match winning save, you know. And you there's Gwait has made one error since he's been at the club basically. Um which was against Sheffield United as we've already mentioned on this pod. But other than that, he's just been a, fan, a fantastic find and you know allows those one nils to materialize because we are frugal ourselves in front of goal and um as you've already said you know sign a striker this is something we need to look at in the summer or get benteke firing or get someone from the youth team or something but we need to change something going into next season and further up the field because you know it's dangerous relying on the defense all the time and scoring so few goals as we do because one day it might end us up in a, you know, we stop having those lucky moments in, in our own goal and, you know, deflections start happening and things like that. So got to be very careful there. Um, yeah, I don't, I, 
to be honest, I think it's, this has been probably one of the most difficult podcasts ever to do because it's re- it's really really hard to know what's what's going on. There's as I said, there's no form to talk of. There's there's no um, you know. Well, nothing. Not as hard as it is to rec- to get it recording, mate. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shout out to my laptop having a absolute frenzy before. Perhaps it knew I was going to be drinking this eleven percent stout and um, <laughs> joined in in what I'll be like once I finish this can before I go to bed. But there you go. So um, I think that's all that's left to really say is to do a little bit of a plug. Um, we have, as back at the nest, have joined up joined forces with hot mic um and you can <laughs> i mean hot mic isn't some sort of dating app <laughs> it's you're not, uh you're not talking about hot mic from the review show are you <laughs> no, not hot mic from the review show no this is okay, hot mic magic mic <laughs> <laughs> this is hot mic as in microphone um and this what this basically is is an app that it's a really good app actually where you you can download it and during watching a game on TV, uh, you can sync it with your TV. And instead of listening to the commentators um, of the TV, you can listen to us commentating on the game. So we're going to have various commentating teams through the rest of the season. We won't actually be doing the Bournemouth game. So um, we'll give you some time to download this and there'll be a lot more information on the review show on Sunday. And you can download this app. And from um, Liverpool onwards, I believe, you'll you'll be able to listen to our commentary instead. Um, God knows how that's going to go. <laughs> Um, uh, I think we've some of us have done it in the past. I mean, I remember Hambo commentating on a few under twenty three games, and I think he proved how difficult of a skill it is. So it, it could be it could be a good laugh, um, and we'll see how that runs. Uh, Albert, you, you haven't signed up for that, have you? I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I, I think I tentatively put my name forward. Okay, um, great. Why anybody? Why anybody wants to hear me? you know, yelling expletives at Joe Ward for getting, you know, done again. Um, yeah, but when he turns around and he looks like um, Palace players' ladies, Joe Ward. Yeah, then I'll be yelling other sorts of expletives. <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we, well, we haven't discussed, we can discuss right now, will we do a preview pod for the Liverpool game? Counter question: When is the Liverpool game? <laughs> the, Liv- the Liverpool game is Wednesday night, so maybe yeah. maybe we'll try on Tuesday to do a little like short snap, fifteen minute version. I, and, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if everybody's thought about this, but I can see a massive crossover between review and preview pods coming up in the next ten weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of games going on all within a short space of time. Yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be nice to um, get me me you and Hambo on a pod again. We haven't done that for a while, have we? Nah, I don't miss it, to be honest. <laughs> we were talking about Bristol City away earlier, wasn't we? Uh, the, the famous podcast episode. Um, oh. But yeah, so we'll... we'll... In a lay-by. <laughs> yeah, don't hang around in lay-bys. Like yes. Gillian Tail fourth sex tape. Never comes to light. <laughs> right, Heskiff, thank you. Albert, thank you. As we've just said, we'll be back probably on Tuesday for a quick snippet so you can listen to that. And of course, the review show will be live. Well, not live, will be available for listening on Sunday evening, where hopefully they'll be talking about Palace's fourth record breaking 1 0 victory in a row. Until next week, up the Palace.
missed you. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've missed me. Yeah, and you, Sam, a bit. Yeah, that's fine. We don't need to lie. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.